We're live. We're live? <laughs> every time, <laughs> every time we go live, I have to say, are we live? <laughs> and then we're like, we're live? <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, we never Logan, know. are you drinking a, are you drinking a beer in Clamato? No, it's actually rum and pink lemonade, which I'm going to follow up with this stout. Your so. accent made it sound like you were drinking rum and paint. <laughs> rum pink lemonade rum and paint <laughs> pink yes. lemonade yeah. nice but, you know every once in a while i do indulge in the paint chips yeah well you know those are uh good for what ails you yeah good for good for believing in conspiracy theories if you eat a lot of paint chips you're more likely to believe those things that 5g man it's that 5g baby look out <laughs> 5g Hey, man, it's no joke. People believe that. I know. It's crazy. Actually, that is a joke. That is the joke. Let's move past it. We're on the Rogues in the House podcast. We don't talk about 5G. We do not talk talk about 5G. We talk about cool (laughs) things like, uh, I don't know. What is our topic for today? This is a, we don't have a topic episode. This is, we have a grab bag of topics. Uh, Grab bag of topics. Many that were suggested by the... Uh, listeners, I feel like a lot of them were, were topics. We were like, Hmm, yeah, that'd be cool. We got about 10 minutes. We can handle that one. (laughs) 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 Wait a second. You're asking for a lot of homework. Yeah. Right. right. Don't know. I mean, it's not like we're housebound or anything. So yeah, we're not, we're not actually going to commit. Amazon doesn't deliver in 48 hours. We can't read books that fast. We're not committing to anything. We're just sort of, you know. (laughs) We're just banking on you committing to us. Right. <laughs> right. Oh, somehow my video got all wonky on here. So One way street here. Screen. I don't even see you, Alex. So yeah, don't worry about it. There's nothing much to see. It's fine. I know what you look like. Bald Archer. It's good. That's right. Bald <laughs> Archer. Nailed it. <laughs> you know, I was going to fix your portrait, but maybe I'll just leave you all screwed up. Nah, do it. I don't care. I've, uh, I've got like a prepubescent beard I'm growing here. It's good. It's, it's almost little, like mine. Mine yeah. takes months to grow. Yeah. Like I, I don't think go. I can oh, even manage what you have there, but uh, <laughs> I want to see. There's no, there's no better opportunity. Yeah. So we did come here to talk about uh, sword and sorcery. Yeah. And you know what? Here's the thing. Logan, I think you're the only person who wrote topics down from our conversation from last time. So oh God, I hope he did. You I get, you did. get to do the I host. You're doing the host oh job. My God. Oh my God. I, Okay, I can't man sorry Conan Gaming Group. I can't watch that and do this at the same time. Nope, you can have to. Because I was watching the um feed and the Conan Gaming Group. Are there <laughs> comments coming in on there? Can, um there are a few. Yeah, how do we get that to like all stream into one comment thing? That would be You can't. It's cuz I shared it to Gaming Group. Oh. So it's the Gaming Group people watching whoever clicked that link right. and then the rogues in the house people watching actually what they need to do is they need to click the so rogues saying- in the house link the original link and you have to pull that up right and then you need to comment in there not through conan gaming group you can do both we'll look at both but we we can't track it all yeah the same time. I, I hope you guys yeah. get it right guys um yeah, no. but but the cool thing is is we're syndicated this means we're syndicated right we're a syndicated oh, yeah. show yeah. on a couple of a couple of stations now no problem yeah um, well, while while I'm pulling this stuff up, do we have any um, bizarre of the bizarre? I always have something. Yeah, I've got. I mean, I've Go got for it, Matt. Go for it. Oh, oh, I'm on the spot right now. Yeah. Uh, so last time we talked about um, completely unprofessional of us. 
the, no the black company. Oh yeah. By, okay. Let's by, let's uh, go. By, let's go. Yeah, by Glenn Cook. Yep. And uh online friend of mine, Brian Sherry. Um, he messaged me the other day and was like, you just need to read the black company. And I was like, ah, I got a huge stack of books here. I can't just run right into it. And I put on that accent because why wouldn't I? Um, but I was between books at the moment. Uh, I'm waiting for that Jack Vance stuff to arrive. The dying earth. Nice. Which is not yet, which is ridiculous during this pandemic. I can't get a book quickly. What is going on right now? <sighs> so <laughs> where, where, where are you sitting in black company? You're- so I am about a th- not quite halfway through. Um, it's book one. Yep. Um, and yeah, man, it sucked me in real quick. It, um, so you you know I've read this, right? I love the I I love the first book. Yeah, that's what you said, yeah. and you said beyond that you weren't a big fan. Um, my plan is really just to read the first book and then move on to some other things. And if I'm really digging it, I'll I'll swing back. Right. I, I will. Um coordinate finishing the second with you uh if and when you get to that point Um, okay well then that would mean logan's gonna have to do it because then uh uh, we have a podcast that we do oh yeah which would be a good opportunity to talk about that i've heard heard of that actually i could could probably manage that um (laughs) have you have you met have you met the limper uh like i'm at the point where he's being talked about yeah and i think they're they're in like a in like a torture seller mm-hmm. oh um, yes 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 they yes, heard yes. the limping steps from above oh, good. so that's as far as i've got good um I mean that sounds rad well yeah i will say that like you can instantly tell how influential that book must have been mm-hmm. because um i think it was like 1983 or something maybe a little later 85 86 i can't Is remember it that old yes yeah yeah um it's been around for sure i didn't you, realize that i didn't realize yeah. that you can just tell that 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 I had never, I can't find any fantasy dated prior to that that had the same sort of voicing, you know, like Mm -hmm. it really is. It's definitely like a, you know, we use the term grit. Um, Sometimes it does a real disservice to the work. Yeah. Because it's like around the time when like, oh, superhero movies that are dark and gritty. And it's like, yeah, okay. We don't necessarily need that for a superhero movie, but um, it it, it does. Yeah, but it uh, it does kind of fit in terms of, you know, you're taking the sort of whimsy and um, you're adding some some dark levity, um, and and you also have characters that are just talking like regular people. It's not like Tolkien talk, right? People from yeah. a yes a magical setting. So um, I was wondering what you thought about that, which you're kind of chiming in on, and then talk about the magic system a little bit too. The, well, yeah, that's interesting. So, the the voicing I love. I mean, that's how mm-hmm. that's how I write too. Um, and those are the kind of books I want to read. Yes, unless you are Robert E. Howard or somebody from a time where that was in fashion. I'm not that interested in like reading an emulation of it. it doesn't mean I, I I don't think there's a place for it. I don't think it should be. It's just I really am more so drawn to something that sounds a little more modern. Um, so I really appreciate that about it. Um, the magic system is so far, it's just kind of like uh, <laughs> they're doing, it seems that they can wizard, do all kinds of crazy wizarding. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's a weird kind of undefined system. Um, yeah. And I think in the chat, uh, Nola asked, is it considered sword and sorcery? I don't, 
I don't think so. It's almost considered. I I mean I don't know if this is a genre, but I'm going to make it up. It's it's very like military. It is. Driven. I was going to say that it's, it's mercenary military fantasy. Yeah, yeah. Mil- military fantasy is that a genre? Merc- mercenary. It is a genre. Oh, it's a subgenre. Yeah. I mean, you can um, see. the Malazan books um, fit, are often listed under military fantasy as well. Right. Right. So I just finished Gardens of the Moon, and you can tell that um, you, you can tell Erickson was was into Glenn Cook what he was doing mm-hmm. with that for sure. Because, and actually, I find like the Black Company is easily more accessible, like sort of instantly accessible. Malazan is sort of. Um, a little bit notoriously inaccessible in the sense of it alienates a lot of people who, who, who dive into it. Right. Rightly or wrongly. It's just, you know, there's just, there's some barriers there in terms of how it drops you into the world. But, um, I find the black company not like that at all. However, I mean, th- there are passages I do have to reread and be like, is that what they're saying there? They're really implying that. And then a few paragraphs later, I'm like, Oh yeah, that is what they meant. That is, dark. <laughs> that is what they say. <laughs> So it's not like, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I would say it's, it sounds weird, but it's kind of like a, a little higher brow in the sense that you got to work a little more for it. You know, it's not, um, I don't know. I, I feel like it's, it's a piece of history that has eluded me for quite some time and I'm happy to be reading it and I'm definitely digging it. Yeah, it's definitely, it's, it's definitely good to get. It's good to have and sort of mm-hmm. be like, Hey, you know, I read it. You went and did it finally, which is good. Yeah, I mean, the one, uh, yeah. the, the next one that I got to get you to do is I don't, I get, who who got you to do this because clearly I do not have this power, so I want to. No, um, it was during uh, it was during our last well during our last chat. It came up on the podcast, and yeah, then um, yeah. uh, an online acquaintance of mine, uh, Brian Sherry, yeah, uh, called you out. He made you feel like crap. Yeah, he, well, he just uh, private messaged me and said you just need to read it. Yeah, good, like, okay. good job, Brian. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes it works, you know. I always, Even though I, I always like that he, guy. He probably got the impression that uh, I wasn't going to read it because I was like, God, I don't necessarily have time for that. And mm-hmm. then I picked it up and started reading it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? One more thing about that. Uh, oh, the the little wizards that are always uh, getting each other. Uh, what's his face and one eye, uh, one eye and, and goblin, goblin. <laughs> They're always yeah, yeah. pulling like pranks on each other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's a, it's yeah. weird. It's a weird. It's and, a weird. And it, is, and it feels somewhat to me that like the magic system is a little more open and serving whatever purpose the author wants at Definitely. the time, just to sort of do that. Definitely. Bit of uh, back and forth, which yeah. you know, I don't, I don't have any problem with that. I'm. We've talked about this before, as far as magic systems, and like, I don't necessarily, I don't really need it strongly defined. I just want it to be cool. Right. Yeah. It's definitely yeah. cool. Um. The I think once you meet the limper and you start seeing uh, the taken in action, then then the book gets really good. Yeah, I mean, even the taken aspect is still somewhat of a mystery to me. Like I know there's several of them, and anyways, it's uh, yeah, I'm I'm digging it. Wow, I just lost my Conan on Conquer game in like record time. Yeah, I watched your building get demolished (laughs) here. Yep, that took no time at all. Wow. Yeah, I actually only tuned in at that moment when there's like a. thousand arrows embarrassing your, uh, that was embarrassing yeah. sorry folks. so uh <laughs> you're for <bizarre>. zero <laughs> uh yeah <laughs> didn't do so well <laughs> i was oh, just, God, i was just cool. getting going but since i was talking i wasn't paying attention to the fact that they're beating the crap out of my base 
Okay. So, uh, my my uh, bizarre the bizarre is also book related. Um, we have a local used bookstore that actually does delivery um, in Albuquerque to stay open, and they had a whole bunch of Conan pastiche books. So I got a few. Um, I just finished uh, The Treasure of Python, um, which I chose it to start for a reason. Um, one being that uh, John Maddox Roberts is supposed to be one of the better ones. And also, it is a complete shot-for-shot rewrite of King Solomon's Mines. Mm, I've heard um, that. Yeah. And I love King Solomon's Mines. And there is very little that is not H. Ryder Haggard in that book. And it was kind of fun having them go side by side. Um, I'm going to write a blog post about it and post it later. Um, but earlier this afternoon, I um, I delved into Conan the Invincible by Robert Jordan. Mm. And mm. it is. Um, yeah, I've read it. Yeah, it's slightly on the cheesy side so far. But I started to think of the pastiche stuff as kind of like James Bond movies. Um, there is no continuity except in Daniel Craig, which is clearly uh, the Robert E. Howard Conan. Um, so, yeah, I just kind of take him for what they will. They're basically like one-off fantasy adventure novels of varying degrees of quality. And, you know, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I I mean, I don't remember anything about the book. I remember thinking Robert Jordan doesn't really get Conan, but yeah. like, you know, it's kind of like someone's passing uh, impression of Conan. Um, he could spin a yarn. I mean, he could spin a yarn, but it's not. Yeah, sure. It's yeah. not. It's not true to source. Yeah, I get it. Right, yeah. and you kind of have. I feel like Robert Jordan's broken into two camps. You get those who love Wheel of Time, and then you get those who turn their nose up at it immediately. You know, saying it's whatever. Right. But um, I actually I read, read, I read the, the first, first two Wheel of Time books. And so I did I. Yeah, I, I I found them highly readable. Um, I tapped out at a certain point because I was like, I don't really care where this yeah. is going. But like, there yeah. were some things about it that were quite vivid. Um, and things that stuck with me, like I'll watch that TV show and they put it out for sure. Yeah, yeah. Let me uh, let me catch us up in the chat a little bit. Um, yeah. So right. so Jordan uh, writes. I want to just get back to the Black Company for a second. He said, "Friend of his is running an RPG session soon um, using a source book for by Green Ronin, which I didn't realize they had a um, Black Company um, source book for that for D and D three point five, which." Is ah. a little painful to me, but yeah, um, but that's pretty yeah, cool. I kind of like it. I that's cool. Like 3.5. I I am a big fan of uh, Merc ish based or company based um, RPG ideas because you can do them a episodically or you can do them through a campaign. And I always I always really like the idea of having a big cast of characters so that way for if you're gaming with a lot of different people. You sort of have mm -hmm. a lot of people that are tied together to that group for a different mission or a different reason, and you can just sort of up and go. So, you know, something like the Black Company would make a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, oh, sense. totally. Yeah, I, I like, I really, it sounds sort of uh, against the grain, but like with RPGs, I love the idea of disposable characters, disposable PCs. Oh, yeah. Not I, that you, I agree. Like you should 
I, I, I'm attracted to the idea of like burning brightly for a time and then dying horribly or dying yep. honorably or yep. something cool, right? Yep. Like as I brought up, we've been playing Alien and like I remember last session, whatever it was, I was like, I don't care if I die, that's going to be awesome. But we still haven't managed to die, though. We had a good acid bath one one session. Yeah. Generally, yeah, generally the death is the most memorable thing. Yeah, but you're right, though. If you had like a black company kind of organization, then you just sort of – uh, pick a pluck a new character from from that outfit, and then mm-hmm. you're you're onto it because you still yeah. get the continuity of the company, right? That they are the the through line narrative, rather than a single character. That's actually That's cool. something um, that brings me back to the pastiche stuff, like in re- reading in general or novels in general, short stories in general. Humans only live so long, and only mm-hmm. so much stuff can happen in their lives. So when there's 63 books that have this one character doing this doing adventures, like it becomes to the point where it's just overdone, right? And right. like I don't believe the character could have accomplished that in his lifetime. Mm-hmm. So I also like the idea of rotating disposable characters in an mm-hmm. RPG because I just don't see it happening for right. someone. Like you can have like three good runs, and either you retire or you die. And that's just the way it goes. Interestingly, um, the Black Company, the books, not to get back on that again, um, they they progress, right? So the first couple mm-hmm. of books follow Croker, who's the, uh, I guess, sort of the main character. Um, the medic. The medic, right? But if, like the next series is like 50 years down the line or something like that. Oh, that's and, interesting. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so it, it follows the company, the history of the company, but not necessarily the characters after a certain point. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I definitely dig that. Um, other other chat things um, uh, from- Oh, well, we got to get this in there. Jordan Lee uh, read our short story, col- our oh, collection yeah, of short right. stories of poetry and says it was awesome work. I mean, thank you, sir. Hey, Jordan. Uh, thank you very yeah. much. Thank you. I mean, big thanks for, uh, for purchasing it because, I mean, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's always very- it's very thrilling to have support. Uh, I mean, financially, we're not going to like make <laughs> big dollars on the book, but like um, when you enjoy it too, I mean, that's uh, that's real good stuff. Yeah, so, definitely. Thanks for that. Um, Mark Lawrence's broken empire series from Nola Burt. I have actually, I read the first two of those. You guys did not. I have, think, have right? not. No. Yeah, what's no. it called? Uh, the broken empire. So this would be, You'd categorize it as grimdark, probably, Logan. Um, sure. But Mar- Mark Lawrence, is a, he's an excellent writer. Um, kind of makes you mad. Uh, just his prose seems effortless. And uh, the sort of thing that I would probably try to write, but just not manage. Um, came around 10 years ago, voice is very much like the Droogs from Clockwork Orange. Yeah. Interestingly, yeah. I, I, I actually did find that to be somewhat Clockwork Orangey. Um, that is a cool series. Uh, the protagonist is troubling for some because it is kind of clockwork orange in that regard where you're like, Ugh, I don't think I like this guy. Yeah, A little too unlikable. Yeah. But, and I actually found a lot of the characters unlikable though. I really liked the writing. Um, but then when I read the second book, it definitely, he kind of warms on you, warms on you a little bit, right? Pulls a bit of, um, Jamie Lannister in that sense. So yeah, I, I, I read those and I actually picked up the third I bought at uh, 
Value Village, which I'm sure I'll read someday. Nice. What did you just Sounds call good. the place? Value Village? Yeah, you guys don't have Value Village? No. <laughs> but I want I want to have Value Village. Coincidentally, that is the distribution of rogues in the house in Canada. <laughs> yeah, that's Value right. Village. Wait, really? It's the Value Village podcast. What? No. Oh, I was gonna <laughs> messing with me. It, it would be like, what's what are your like chain? Uh, yeah, dollar store, right? Like Dollar, like, yeah. or dollar, or dollar tree. tree. Yeah, or dollar no, tree. Not, no, it's not Dollar Tree. It's like used clothing and and oh, gotcha. savers. Yeah, we're savers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah that's what it is. I like Value Village. That's really yeah. That's good. We call it uh, <laughs> Value Village yeah. when we. Uh, we want to sound classy about it. <laughs> uh, back in the day when we used to be able to rent um, VHSs, we had Video Village, which I enjoyed. Uh, I have a uh, friend who got chased away by the cops for throwing firecrackers in their mail slot. So, wow. fun fact. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, funny. I don't so, know if he, I don't know if he was ever caught, but I just outed him on public radio. <laughs> oh, shoot i just found the monster oh my god get it away get it away wait a second my cat was killed by firecrackers through the mail slot. <laughs> god that's terrible <laughs> that uh that dragon you were just running from there alex is uh it's the same model from age of conan which is the same 3d like uh model they used for the monolith conan yeah. dragon yeah, it's from the God Slayer expansion oh, in funny. Katai. Yeah. yeah, it's just yeah. funny. I have this thing on my shelf. I painted right. I always see. It. I'm like, oh, cool. Then it pops up on screen, and it just sort of bewilders me. So yeah. yeah so the this is this is my um, bizarre. The yeah, bizarre of the bizarre. Anyway, uh, I am playing uh, Conan Unconquered. Uh, mm. A fun little. I guess it's it's almost more of a tower defense uh, RTS. So essentially. You have your base, which I will pause and I will show. Uh, here's your base, which for those of you watching earlier, you lose it uh, very quickly if you talk on a podcast and don't defend it. Um, you build out your territory. You take Conan and his little merry band of, of folks, explore the area, gain assets, build your, um, continue to build your army as much as you can, and um, defend against the the oncoming waves. Uh, this is a 25 wave game, which I have never actually made it through. I'm really bad at this game. Uh, as you'll find, it's actually probably more laughable to watch me play because I'm bad at pretty much all <laughs> games. Um, so you can, you can enjoy how bad I suck at everything. Uh, but yeah. it's pretty cool. I would not say that it is um, super Conan entrenched. Um, it's definitely more gamey. Uh, than any lore or anything like that that you that you would care to see, um, but it does keep me occupied. It is pretty fun. The Conan avatar looks a bit like Danzig. He, yes, he definitely has a bit <laughs> of a Danzig look. Oops, yeah. uh, I, I think I I think I've said this before, but I want to speak to the genius of Funcom and their Conan property. Um, mm -hmm. All these designs are straight out of games they've already made. Yeah. Um, like yeah, we, the, yeah, the the t the thing you have to defend there, Alex, is the design for Conan's palace in Tarantia in Age of Conan, um, and Conan Exiles is filled with designs they already used, and that makes their games cheaper because it cuts down on development time, and I'm all for that. Um, yeah, oh, there's no reason not to. I mean, right. Like 
especially if you're trying to have a um, consistency to your the look of your world and your setting. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I say go for it. Yep, cuts down the asset time for sure. Um, although I I think uh, this game was not so well received. Um, I don't know. I think it's a smaller, cheaper title too. That, so that's just it. Yeah, f- fair, fair, fair to say. It is only about a twenty dollars yeah. title. Um, so you know, you get what you You're pay for. Made Our friend mind. Scott Odin had a short story accompanied with it. That is probably the biggest thing to say. Yeah, yeah. That's if true, you yeah. if you buy this, I believe you get a copy. Maybe it's in the enhanced edition. Uh, you get the the sweet story that comes with it. Well, I think someday, Perilous Worlds is going to you know hopefully compile all those things. And you got all these uh, the novellas in the Marvel comics too, right? It'd be a shame if that's where they stay because yeah. I don't even think they're present in the trades, the they collections, right? Which yeah, is a so. huge disappointment because I read the comics on the app and it's so hard to read those stories on the app. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I can't do that. Yeah. So, but uh, anyway, uh, I think I've taken long enough in that uh, we have not gone to any of the things anybody suggested. Yeah, let's do uh, that. Pick a yeah. thing. Uh, yeah, let's do it. Um, and let's pirate it and, and make sure that we talk about the, the funny things we were talking about uh, last night, too. <laughs> that you said you wrote down yeah. that I don't no, believe you really I wrote did. That down. Did you really? Um, I did. Not all of our details, but like as a general theme. Yeah, it was. Com- okay. It was comedic. Going to is yeah. we we casted and basically plotted out a sequel to Conan the Destroyer and Conan the Barbarian 1982 that involved yeah. all of the cast that is still alive, and. It is um, probably one of the greatest things I've ever done. That's right. We brought back everyone, like everyone that is started, still alive. Yep. Go ahead. Started as a joke, and then it got kind of serious. <laughs> yeah. No. There's there's really epic scenes that we laid out, yeah. and if if anyone at you know cabinet is listening, or maybe a Hollywood like producer, um, we're they're, your guys. <laughs> but if they are. <laughs> But if they are. Hey, if there's um, any time, I guess it would be now. We're not going to tell you what it is, though, right? You have to no, contact us, and then we'll share our ideas. No spoilers. <laughs> You're going to need to pay me before. Yeah, yeah. If you could just send us a check. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, but so the, the our... idea is to bring... So, hold on. we got to go back um, to this, though. Hold on. We can't, we can't okay. leave this. The idea yeah. is to bring back the entire living cast of both Conans <laughs> as a yeah. King Conan, though, right? So you have the yeah. King Conan setting. And he's got Zula uh, running in at the very end just to throw a spear. And oops, uh, and definitely, like, you need to bring Subatai back. That's the, oh I think that's yeah. the, the main Malik thing. This is, yes. And uh, well, Earl Jones he, as appearing as real Thalsa Doom from Cole because he has a skull face now. Wait, but hold on. Did yeah. we say that the guy who played Malik was not alive still? Or is he? No, he is. He's oh, 72. He is. That's right. Okay, good. He is still yeah, alive. Yeah, but we, but we decided he's not getting in there because Malik is a character as a character. He would not still be alive. He would well, not be a 70 year old. And Shadazar, yeah, like maybe he, he somehow he would have gotten himself killed. He led the quiet life after that of falling up a bunch of flight yeah, of stairs. We're going <laughs> to put that in a flashback and he's going to be completely disconnected from the rest of the plot. But we're going to like almost, almost literally wink at the audience when we do it. <laughs> He's just going to be – actually, what's going to happen is he's going to swallow gems until he dies. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to swallow them. That's the death. <laughs> His belly's going to My Strange Addiction, Hyborian Age Edition. Oh, my God. 
Um, but this actually connects to the first thing I want to talk about because um, we've talked about Game of Thrones before. Um, but some are David Houston asked that we uh, bring up Cal Drogo and Jason mm. Momoa. Oh yeah, well that's where that's I think where we, we started with that about too. That the yeah, other day that's so. where we started. So I want I want the Cal Drogo uh, prequel essentially, yeah. like his rise to power. I think I that would thoughts. be really cool. And I know that Matt disagrees entirely, but as usually, he's pretty wrong. So, you know. <laughs> Matt, the stuff in Essos was my favorite part of of uh, Game of Thrones, and I'm pretty sure it's only season two and three. So going back to Westeros was a little bit of a letdown for me because I loved like the the architecture and the designs of the characters and all of that. Um, and I'd love to know more about um that continent i guess and i think uh a basically mongol horde running across the continent um would be an interesting way to explore that mm-hmm. so i'm i'm all for a call drogo uh a prequel i would be for it if it wasn't about call drogo the issue with him is that like he is a character who died from a scratch because he's stupid so, <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. I, you're not wrong. Right. So the issue I have there is that, like, I feel like that's Martin's way of sort of subverting uh, particular macho characters, right? I think he's kind of, um, he's taking a little poke at that. Call Drogo is as if Conan didn't clean his wounds properly and died. Um, I mean, I know there's more to it, but he, he also had to die so that Daenerys is more so elevated and independent and you know what i'm saying um but yeah like (laughs) well it's a good point though because a lot of the characters that wind up coming to power in a lot of ways are are weak right and have a lot of weaknesses of some site of some sort and he was the one that didn't have any weaknesses right you expected him to sort of move on and be a thing and In, in all of like the sword and sorcery fans who are reading that book are probably like, oh, cool. I like this guy. Oh, wait. Oh, he died from a, from a wound. Right. You know, the people who were thinking Ned Stark was going to be the hero. Like part of the big appeal with Game of Thrones and the Song of Ice and Fire is that it subverts all these tropes and expectations, right? Right. So I feel like uh, like I, I would totally watch a show or read a well, – I might not read a book about it, but – uh, unless it was supposed to be really good, then I'd pick it up. But about, uh, yeah, about, uh, cripes. What are they called? The, uh, the screamers. What are they called? His the people. Screamers? The horde. The, the Dothraki. Oh, yeah. Dothraki the, horde? Yeah. The Dothraki the screamers dementors. is the thing, I think. No. God. <laughs> no Harry Potter on this show ever. <laughs> that is, uh, that is actually, my foot is down that's on that. The, that's never, the rule. I'm never talking. That is the rule. We've discussed it. <laughs> full grown. It's been full talking. grown. Guy who lifts weights and also listens to Harry Potter. It's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> so not that I lift weights anymore. Uh, I don't remember who made the context, uh, the uh, the comment about Khal Drogo, but in what context were we supposed it to? It was David this? Houston. And, and what was the context? Because we decided to talk about him in our own context. I think it's just like yeah, we just need to so, talk about Oa as a sword and sorcery treasure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Isn't it? So Matt disagrees. He doesn't think he's a treasure. 
No, I don't. I don't disagree. Or no, I don't. I don't disagree with that. Like I feel like he's not been put to the greatest use. Um, but Cal Drogo was cool. He did well. I mean, the Conan was a missed opportunity. I thought he was a decent Conan. I would. I, I would want him back as another Conan. I agree. I, yeah, sure. Needs, Which um, is another thing we said. Yeah. Yes. Um, I think yeah. most most people would be open to him returning uh, under better. Uh, everything. Yeah, direction, script, vision, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Better everything. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I mean, to be honest, I don't know as far as physical and presence-wise, like who would be better. But we did have some ideas. We talked about Henry Cavill, who did the The Witcher. Cavill, oh, yeah. however you say his name, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think he'd be great. Um, um, yeah. Not this is I, I I felt that way before I saw The Witcher. I just think that like you'd have to ugly him up a little bit. I don't, yeah, for I sure. I don't mean that Conan is ugly. I just mean you got to put some years on his face. Yeah, that's how I feel. He's a little too handsome. Sure. Yeah, I get that. It's distracting to me. That's that's the problem that I have as well. <laughs> a little too handsome. Yeah, but he paints Warhammer now. So like. yeah, he does. He does. <laughs> oh, by the way, did you notice? Um, in we talked about Vince McMahon earlier. Um, he's going to fix our country, which is nice. Um, yeah. Uh, How- Howard Finkel, yeah, uh, WWE announcer, passed away today. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. yeah. I Sad. Yep. Um, yeah, that is. But you know that ties back into all of our muscle bound discussions uh, yeah. of our roided out eighties love. If we don't have a WWE reference in our show from now on. Yes, uh, I know. So. And actually, I'm just going to say the WWF because well, we're never yeah. talking about the WWE. That's right. We hardly <laughs> know anything about the WWE. <laughs> yeah, I know true. very little about that. <laughs> uh, but just just to finish off with Cavill, like the other things are that he's a, he's a solid actor. Uh, he obviously is very uh, adept with his sword fighting. He's a friggin' nerd, and I think that helps when you do nerd movies. Yeah, it does, because, I mean, it may, it means you are going to give a crap enough to really, yep. if you don't know Conan a lot, then you would do your homework totally. for sure. Wanting, wanting yeah. to like it is important. Yeah, and I mean, but then it kind of brought us onto the topic of, like, we talked about casting Conan, which, by the way, is, like, the most popular topic on all of these Robert E. Howard-related yeah, Facebook groups. And course. ones yeah. I sidestep like crazy, but I figured... In this setting, we can kind of just dictate as opposed to... Uh, it's also the least <laughs> likely topic to be addressed in real life. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, everyone, but it's probably yeah. true. Yeah. yeah. But we, like I said personally, I don't actually want to see Conan as like the sort of douchey kid. You know, like Tower of the Elephant. I don't want to see that one. I want to see... Yeah. I want to see Conan with some years on him. I'm old myself. And so... Uh, like 18 year old, like Conan, eh, I'm probably not going to like that kid. <laughs> I'm probably not going to like the actor playing him. Yeah. That, but weird? when you bring up the idea or like the, the whole point that if you start out with like an adaptation of Phoenix on the sword, your actor is only getting older. You can never go back and do right. pre King. Yeah. So, so, I mean, and actually this is how the conversation sort of evolved was that I said, I would rather just start with, either like Conan and beyond the black river, but honestly I would do Conan as the King and I would just start there. And if you're going and, to do that, like we said, king. right. Yeah. If you're going to do that though, there's only one person 
as long as he's right. alive, yeah. well, that can do it. Well, then it's got to be Arnold, yeah. and, but then it's not Robert E. Howard's Conan, and then we're like, well, screw that. Let's just do john milius is conan <laughs> yeah it's a different it's a different animal like it's it okay to have a different version of conan because milius is still great um and, that, and that's what we said too before we said about another movie we were like if if like dark horse did a graphic novel where they continued john milius is conan you know drawing arnold's likeness in there um in the same way that they do like william gibson's alien 3 script that never that never materialized right. Like that's a cool thing, man. I think that would sell like hotcakes, and it'd be it'd be an interesting thing to to look into. And then we yeah, started right. I agree. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I mean, I don't know. Like we could go down. We could go further down the Conan casting road. Arnold is not fifty fifty, Keith. You go. You go away. What did he say? He what? says it doesn't have to be Arnold. It's only he's only fifty fifty. What does no. that mean? I don't get that. Means that like he's half good, half bad. That's oh. not take. Oh no. Yeah no. Sorry, Keith. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. go away, Keith. Go play your Conan the Adventurer. No, don't. Don't actually RPG. go away. Don't actually go away. No, just just take away, our Keith. verbal abuse where where you can't write back or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> Stay here. Stay um, here and enjoy the now, abuse we're giving. So Jordan we're, we're, Lee uh, yeah. said that he had just watched the the live Conan the Barbarian live action TV show with Ralph Moeller. Oh, he's brave. Not I, Moeller. I actually but. watched a few episodes and found parts that I could enjoy. Um, there's a solid adaptation of a Marvel comic um, with like an underground like race of creatures. And then there's also a decent adaptation of Tower of the Elephant. Um, the rest of it's pretty terrible, but I'm there, sure are, Conan, there are Conan notes. cries a few times on there. I'm pretty yeah. sure he, he cries a yeah. couple times. It even breaks Milius continuity, that's for sure. <laughs> Super, Super <laughs> Tight wasn't around to do it for him. No, he's got <laughs> he's got a dwarf sidekick with a big axe. Yeah, Red Sonia a... shows up a couple times. Yes, yeah, she um, does. Yeah. With a like, red sword. Yeah. It was um trying to be like Hercules and Xena, like very clearly trying to hit that like mostly family friendly vibe. Yeah, it was like a dollar store Xena, which is yeah, uh, yeah. You know. Yeah. The best, my favorite part was the talking skull um that the king of Samaria had that always like was like, man, gotta yeah. kill yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Oh, before I Basically forget, I skeletor. Yeah, basically. yeah, kind of. <laughs> well, it's like, yeah, and uh, it's kind of like Thulsa Doom's skull in that Savage Sword series yeah, where his yeah. skull lived on. Uh, but that reminds me, the Xena bit, because Sam Raimi was a producer on those shows, and we just found out that Sam Raimi mm-hmm. has been confirmed to uh, direct Doctor Strange mm-hmm. in the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. Like, how good does that sound on paper? Sam I'll Raimi, that. Doctor Strange multiverse of madness like you know that's gonna be good it was supposed to be more horror um kind of like lovecraftian type stuff oh my god get out mm-hmm. um, we'll see what actually ends up on the screen um but uh yeah that was the original idea so um having sam Raimi as director the other director dropped out because it seemed like that uh, Kevin Feige wanted the movie to be a setup for a Scarlet Witch television show, and he wasn't about that life. 
But um, we'll see what happens with the movie. I'm sure Marvel has a pretty specific vision. And if a director's trying to go off of, you know, do their own thing too much, they're probably going to be like, yeah, no. So I was running away from Scorpions. Did we weave Bruce Campbell into the Sam Raimi um, conversation yet? No, but Jordan Lee just did, and we're pretty sure that he, I mean Bruce Campbell's probably gonna come up. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm with uh, Jordan on that one. Bruce Campbell or go home. Oh, I love Bruce Campbell. Oh yeah, totally. Yep. yep. <laughs> I love Bruce Campbell. Yep. There, there's got to be a place does for not him like Armin no. Jackson. I like Bruce Campbell, but I like him from Burn Notice. Like what? Burn Notice is a great show. Um, if you haven't watched Burn Notice, it's a great show. Um, I also like the first Evil Dead, and I like the second Evil Dead all right. I just don't like Army of Darkness. Thanks. I could use a horse blanket. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, 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 right there, spinach chin. (laughs) Uh, That's good stuff. Very good stuff. Yeah. So, I don't know. Like, should we move on from the the Conan casting? uh... Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I honestly... I've I've had the discussion so many times online back in the day that and the idea of like you can't have a bodybuilder for Conan. You have to have a bodybuilder for Conan. There's no one or out there. Other, there's just yeah, you kinda you have to it was like they said with Arnold, you have to build him. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. But like who who is somebody who is like uh, a hardcore, like man of the wild, who is super strong, super jacked, super agile? And also an actor. <laughs> He's just not. Yeah. You know? That's the problem that Conan's a little almost too perfect to be played by a real person. I think, I, I mean, again, I'm going to go back to the Jason Momoa thing. I think he's the right pick. I think he was yeah, a really good so pick. Good. It just didn't, uh, they, nothing supported him. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're going to talk about that movie in like a whole episode one time. So yes. I can't like say any of the stuff. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. Now, we're also probably going to do an episode on Beastmaster, so sorry, Zach. I know you're watching. Um, we probably won't talk much about Beastmaster right now, um, but we did put uh, that actor in our third Conan movie. So, Oh, yeah. What's his name? Uh, Mark something? Yeah, yeah. Um, Anyways. Yeah. Yeah, he gets a spot. Yeah. So does Lou Ferrigno. Yes, Lou yes. Well, yeah, specifically, Ferrigno Ralph Moeller got one. Like all the, it's like the swan song to to, to sword and sorcery films of the eighties. We That's we right. specifically not- casted Lou Ferrigno because he did not get any nod in the Expendables, and we think that that was a travesty. Right, Mark Singer. We- That's his name. Mark Singer. Mark Singer. And then we started talking about making the Expendables. Of sword and sorcery, mm-hmm. yes. And realized very quickly that they're all dead, and we wouldn't <laughs> be so able old. to. <laughs> they're all so old. Yeah, that would be tough. I uh, mean, but Bridget Nielsen coming back as Red Sonia. I feel yeah. like I saw her in a reality show with Flava Flav a few years uh. back, and like, <laughs> ooh, Nola Burt says, "What about Tom Hardy as Conan?" Sure. The only issue there is. Tom Hardy's not that tall. Um, but yeah, that's camera work. That's- yeah, exactly. I agree. You can fake it. Man, It look, the point is this. If anyone has uh, a physique enough to convince me and is a good actor, then I'm going to say yes. Yeah. yeah. That's just the way it is. Yep. 
like this whole um, every time Batman is cast, right? People lose their poop. Yes, you can never right. have a right casting. Lose their poop. Right, and every time he's cast, it's like generally it's either great or not bad, except for like maybe George Clooney or something. But yeah, that wasn't even yeah. his fault. That's the movie's fault. Right, but like. Robert Pattinson, like I, I saw him, like I love The Lighthouse. I don't know if you guys watched The Lighthouse yet. Haven't, haven't seen it yet. The movie is amazing and the performances are amazing. And if you have an excellent actor, then you should be happy about it. Yeah. And just like, just give them a chance. Mind yeah. you, if Robert Pattinson was cast as Conan, I'd be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> just give him a chance, except if I don't like him. Give him a chance. <laughs> yeah. Um, now I got to point out to Zach Reynolds who said who could play Fafford in the gray mouser that we did that. And it's, uh, Ron Perlman is Fafford and, uh, the transporter. What's his name? Uh, yes. You need to wind so, the clock back by like 15 years though. Like yes. to do that. I don't know if I said this at the time, but like I wanted, uh, and this is probably not going to go down well with a lot of people, but, uh, you guys haven't, or no, Logan, you read the first law, didn't you? Yeah, I, I thought Jason Statham as Logan Nine Fingers would be awesome. You did mention that. I can see that. Yeah. Okay. Like I, I, I don't, I don't know why that just kind of stuck with me. Yeah. Um, he's perhaps not big and crazy enough, but uh, camera work. Uh, he's got. He's. I feel like his voice, the delivery would be great. Yeah. I, the thing about the first Law series is that since I listened to an audiobook, mm-hmm. uh, literally everyone in that series is British. Yeah, so they all sound like Jason yeah. Statham. Yeah, so Jason Statham's narrating it. Yeah. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Fair That's enough. Good. All right, what's next? So, um, a couple people. Uh, sorry, David. I'm going to butcher your last name, but uh, David Lavaz and Zach Reynolds wondered about modern writing style and sword and sorcery and or notable modern writers of sword and sorcery, which I feel like we talked about a little bit in previous episodes, but maybe not in like super delve into. I feel like I talked about it a little bit in this episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Already. Um, yeah, man. Like, uh, I'm all for it. Like, I, I just feel like yeah, if you- you're doing, yeah, if you're doing sword and sorcery with the sort of antiquated, and, I, and I'm not saying that, in a negative sense. Um, but like a turn of the century <laughs> pro, of the pro, 19- pro style. Yeah. Yeah. Like um, you're going to have a hard sell to a new audience. It's just, it's, it's not going to happen, which I think is a shame because um, I actually prefer that. Sure. I sure it is. I actually write in it. And yeah. if it doesn't sound like an old pulp thing, I'm not going to pick it up. Right. Yeah. So, no, see, I'm, that's what I love about you. Logan. <laughs> I'm not going to solidarity. Pick it up. Unless it was written at the time. No, I, I shouldn't say that. It's, I will never say never. Um, it's just that that takes a real special writer. And to be honest, other than Howard. And Logan. Uh, <laughs> and well, Scott Oden. And Scott Oden. I, I'm sure, definitely, definitely Mr. But I'm talking about I'm talking about writers of that time. Yes. Like, I don't like Lovecraft's writing. I like his oh. ideas. Oh. I, I like, I like Lovecraft. Yeah. I like Burroughs. I like Haggard. These are all my favorite writers. I like Talbot Moody, <sighs> Harold Lamb. Yeah, I'm with Logan. I, like, I, I love the period. I really do. I like. I like elements. Um, and yeah, I, I like Burroughs too. I, I definitely do. It's just that 
Howard was the king as far as delivering action tales. Like I just, I just feel like I, I read some the precursors and I read the imitators, and I just feel like I'm attracted to it because of his very specific flavoring. Um, and so I'm not, but I'm not attracted to it for the writing style. I'm attracted to it for the ideas, the setting, the interesting tropes. But now I'm more so interested to see blending those ideas with a more modern take. And maybe that's just because I'm a boring modern dude. I don't know. No, but. it's also how you, that's, I mean, it's your own taste, right? You like that. That's your own style yeah. of, of, yeah. of writing in a lot of ways is you, you come across with a more modern tone um, a lot of the time. Well, yeah. And I mean, it's, it's just, that's, that's where the market more so is too. I'm right. not actually looking to market cause I have no, I'm going to write stuff, but I don't have aspirations to actually get anywhere with it. Right. Um, but it's, it's more natural to me. I can't get in the headspace of a guy who grew up on Shakespeare and Burroughs and then try and write that mm-hmm. and Howard, like it's just not going to work. It's not genuine for me. So I have to, I, the things that I write have to come out in such a way that I would somewhat speak them or it's See, not. I speak that way. Sometimes I have to read things <laughs> in class because my kids are like, what are yeah. you saying? Yeah. And so like, that's how I speak. And I do write for a market. I write for people who like pulp. Um, I'm vocal about it on Twitter. I'm vocal about it on my blog. Um, those are the people I'm writing for. So Right. And as, as well, you should, man, if that's, if that is what you are going for and that's what you want to do. I mean, I'm not saying there, if there is a market for it, it's just not the market. No, no, it is not the market as a whole. And and it's not going to become the market. That's not coming back in a mass way, but that's not something you should strive for anyways. Right. You got to do what you want to do. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, but, but, uh, yeah. I couldn't, uh, I, I could, I mean, I couldn't write it, but, but the odd time I'll put in like a sort of archaic word, you know what I mean? Like I'm not probably not going to put fuse in there, but the odd, uh, sword and sorcery word will pop in there, you know? Yes. So, um, You're- Nola Burt on the topic of modern authors says that Skylar Hernstrom has a good pulp voice. Um, it looks like he's got a bunch of stuff published in Sir Sova magazine, which I'm familiar with and have read. Yeah, um, I know that one. A couple other uh, looks like anthologies, so um, that might be someone to look out for. So, yeah, totally. I mean, and there. Are, uh, listen, I am not, for the record, saying people should not, or they cannot, or they do not. Um. It's just totally personal preference, but yeah, yeah. there's, mm-hmm. there's people who mm-hmm. harness that voice. And I mean, yeah, that's it. Scott Odin is another guy too, right? Yeah. If you he want someone that it writes stuff similar to. Can harness the voice of Howard himself in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. Yeah. He's also and a crotchety old man that is fun to make fun of on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Scott. Yeah. And uh, it's also not wrong to do. I mean, Christ, people, authors have always worn their influences on their sleeves and we yeah. evolve from different places. It It's about how much you scoop off of the pile and how much you take from various places. And, you know, that's all down to preference. Right. And if, you, if you're good at it, people will come and read. As far as modern, um, like, voice, we've mentioned the first Law series. Joe Abercrombie does a good job. Um, yeah. 
And I think uh, while you did say, and I agree that Malazan has a, like, it's got a high threshold for the first book. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of hard to keep track of, but I think it's a fairly modern voice. I haven't oh, read totally. um, Black Company. So, um, yeah. Yeah. As I say, Black Company really feels like it was a big stepping stone for mm-hmm. people to to see that, oh, we can write fantasy this way. Yes. Uh, I think okay. that was a big thing is it was definitely has that accessible feel to it and has that the uh, co- uh, the tone of the commoner. That's right. The tone and, it, and that's but that's something we've seen on like uh, shows like even Vikings and Game yeah. of Thrones where y- it still seems like it's from a particular time and place, but they're also being a little more playful with modern voicing, um, which I think is just a it's going to be a selling feature if you're trying to go a little wider with your audience, too. Yeah, for sure. Um, Zach Reynolds says, what about DMR books? Um, has a bunch of anthologies. I honestly yeah. am not familiar with DMR. Um, maybe I, I am. I don't know it. No, I've heard. I've heard them. Uh, I feel like they had something out recently that had a really banging cover, like an amazing cover. Uh, the I'm covers maybe, are good. I may be crossing some wires. I don't recall. Which I'm so glad you brought up because the next one is the importance of art to our enjoyment of sword and sorcery by uh, Paramount. Yeah. It is. It's well. I, listen, you can't separate the two. Uh, you know, like. if you if you were in the uh, perhaps the 1930s, you could separate the two. But anyone yeah. uh, of the age of not 90 uh, or yeah. two, 120, <laughs> as soon as as soon as Frazetta, you know, started making those covers, yeah, exactly. It just the game done changed, yeah. and like yeah. sword and sorcery became a. I mean that that those were the days where it was marketable, and mm-hmm. you would mm-hmm. you would. You know that was a, a big competitor in in the fantasy field, where stories with big, awesome, splashy, muscly covers. Yeah, um, I'm gonna say me for me personally that carries over into um, like comic book art because we had this conversation over Messenger together before um, those French books, those French uh, French comic books that came out. Yeah, Glenat. Yeah, um, I do not like the art at all. Um, my first experience with Conan in comic book form was Dark Horse. That's Conan in comic book form for mm-hmm, me. Mm-hmm. Um, I do not get on board with the um, like super kitty cartoony um, style of Europe. I get that some people are okay with that. I'm not saying the art is bad. It is not bad. It is gorgeous. But it's not how I see Conan, so I, I can't get over it. I, uh, I Well, the thing is they have rotating artists. So some of them I really like and some of them I do not. Um, I really liked the Beyond the Black River stuff, even though Conan had the sides of his head shaved. Like oh, that's right. He had a mohawk in that one. Yeah, I can get past it because <laughs> I don't know, man. The 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 art in that book was, was solid. Um, but yeah, I mean... I. I I would strongly prefer we had really rock solid, you know, guys who take a long time and make incredible sword and sorcery art. Uh, yeah. Not to say that none of those are. It's just that, you know, the original question is like separating it or or the importance of that art to the genre. And it's it's 
it is a beautiful it is chocolate and peanut butter man it is two incredible things yeah, coming yep. together and Absolutely. both becoming better because of it and when you put them in the fridge and dip it in some milk it makes it even better sure that's how i eat my reese's interesting yeah, yeah it's like a, it's like a cookie yeah that's a nice technique yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so See, like, jordan lee says he loves brahm conan um oh God, brahm yeah. is a good artist for sure but he's not my favorite not he's um, not my favorite conan but like yeah. brahm's dark sun art is goddamn legendary I, he, I have not seen that oh my god like he he was hired essentially to do all of so dark sun was a dungeons and dragons campaign setting yeah in this world where like wild magic has scorched the land and it's sort of all apocalyptic um but fantasy um and the Brahm art for that was just imagination fodder when I was younger. Like it blew my mind oh, to almost the same, out. almost to the same extent as like Frazetta did. To uh, Zach Reynolds, uh, the Elric comics. We we uh, we always talk about Conan. We got to do some other uh, bring bring yeah. Elric in. So the Elric French mm-hmm. artists also very very good. Yeah, I thought that that's um, yeah yeah. I've, I've seen not some seen the oh, I've seen pictures of the uh elric comic um but i have not read it so well that's the i mean that's just it the art though i mean the art itself yeah it, it looks good it's very well done um, yep. it's kind of hard to judge from snapshots on the internet but yeah no i have i have an english version of one of those i read it we talked about it on the podcast yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um yeah that art was solid for sure um but i mean just just over time and throughout like the whole period um the art and the stories have been absolutely stuck together and that's that's part of why i've fallen out of love with like more modern dungeons and dragons art and and even just fantasy art in general the kind of stuff you see sold on board games um is just not it ends up being too player's handbook fourth edition for my liking or too anime influenced it's not yeah, there's a lot of that. I'll it give brings it that. me very little joy. It doesn't mean there's not great art out there because in in even the fifth edition books have had some good stuff. But like, I dislike yeah, the fifth edition the fifth stuff so much. I don't really like that at all. I think I, no, I know you've said that before. I, I get it. It's I don't not, know stylistically what they were going for. It just seems yeah. weird to me. Especially after you, like, I talked about this documentary "Eye of the Beholder" on Amazon Prime, where they go through all of the great. Dungeons and Dragons artists. Yeah, like the Larry Elmore stuff, right? Oh, that's yeah, Larry Elmore, Easley, yeah. Clive Cald or Clyde Caldwell. Like those guys. That is my imagination was built off on of that. Those it, oh, no, no doubt. And it's interesting because we talk about Frazetta, but as much as that is an influence on yeah. uh, specifically the sword and sorcery genre, the Elmore stuff is really, mm-hmm. that's like birthing the whole fantasy idea right there. You know? It's well, I agree. And I mean, the thing is, Frazetta is sort of the precursor too, right? He's the first guy mm-hmm. to really deliver, but also nobody has done movement like him with the same sort of, mm-hmm. you know, yep. uh, you know what I'm saying? Yep. Oh, no, yeah. no absolutely. Yeah. Dungeon Crawl so, Classics art, yes, is also very good. I, I yeah, agree I like it. As much as I, I don't do like it. love um, the game. 
Zach I've not played Reynolds it. says that uh, we should check out Dungeon Crawl Classics Core Rules because the art alone is worth the purchase of the book. Mm-hmm. Right. So. That's what we were just saying, Logan. Where were you? Yeah, where are you? I'm uh, trying to read these. On delay? Because uh, yeah. Nola, a little bit, because Nola Burton rattled off three artists I've never heard of, Do so I had to look them up. Yeah, Doug the Dungeon Pogue, Crawl. Max, Stephen Pogue, and Peter Mullen? Uh, no, I mean, they're not ringing bells immediately, but I guarantee I've seen their work. Yeah. Um, probably more so unsung artists. Though maybe not, maybe I'm just completely ignorant to it. Um, but the dungeon crawl classics have that sort of black and white interior art, uh, much like the older editions of D and D and a D and D that's the same style that raging Swan press and planet X games uses. And I love those. Yeah. Art is great. Uh, I'm a little less in love with the rules, but that's a different topic. Well, rules are, man, they've really got to, especially we've talked about how we're, we're crotchety old men as well. Yes. And if the rules aren't exactly what we want, then pass. That is, that is very true. I'll be the first to admit that as well yeah, as it, I'm much more on the, uh, the acting rules than the, uh, the number rules anymore. Yeah, me you too. guys are nailing the segues because the very last thing that like four people asked for was running an RPG. Well, do I got news for you all? <laughs> uh, we we decided that our next uh, podcast, whether it be next week or the week after or whatever that looks like, uh, we're we're going to we're going to take our stab at doing a live stream uh, RPG game, sword and sorcery RPG game to be specific. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Thanks, yeah. guys. Thanks for that. Like. I thought you, you like no that reaction. Dead. I thought Did I you like that dead air. Yeah, I thought I was going to get a reaction. I can't edit that out. This is live. That's, I, is. I thought I thought you were going to keep going. I thought you were going to explain that we're we weren't going to use like uh, any rule set people are familiar with. Well, I was going to give you a minute to at least react. So for for those longer, of you, I was yeah, for, hold on, hang on one sec. So for those of you who <laughs> have enjoyed earlier episodes where we used to edit things, uh, all that dead air still occurred. I would just remove it. And it would sound like we actually had a really nice conversation. But, you know, since we're doing it live, now we have lots of dead air. (laughs) (laughs) It happens. It does happen. Whatever. Yep. So, yes. What system is it, Alex? Uh, Depending on how you like to pronounce it, it is going to be rhesus or rhesus. Yes, Keith. (laughs) Exactly. Nailed Uh, it. Yep. Well, he knows. I already pushed it on him earlier this, uh, maybe last week or so. Uh, it is a four-page free uh, rule set um, written by a genius, um, whose, of course, name I'm forgetting at the moment. Uh, and it's basically it's a cliched-based game. It's not it's not all that different from if you're more fam- probably more familiar with the popular uh, idea of fate. Um, and uh, so you you run your cliches. So I'm suggesting, I know like Logan, you were talking about, what were you talking about for a character? I am going to be a disgraced scholar that turned thief. Yep. So we'll work uh, on those cliches for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the idea being your cliche gives you sort of all the powers and abilities of that uh, and imply and, and, and makes um, it implies things as well. So like if you're a, uh, X city guard, for example, right? This is one that I wrote down um, as an example on our on our page. Uh, it implies that you know how to fight. You're probably a, a competent warrior of some sort, but also that you have some contacts 
that probably still exist within uh, the city guards or, you know, some inner inner knowledge of the city itself. Um, so a good cliche implies several things in its in its sort of uh, tagline there. Yeah, yeah. Genius McGenius face. All right, you guys getting made fun of in this chat. <laughs> and now um, in my head, this sounds like it's going to run smoother than it probably will. Uh, but we're going to aim for more like a like a radio drama type feel than like a lot of dice rolls. S. John um, Ross. Sorry. S. John Ross is the author. You, there you go. You bunch of jerks listening. <laughs> Logan, this brings up uh, – I'm a bit anxious about this because usually to get into an RPG character, I have to use an accent. And if I'm going to be recorded and put online – uh, that could be embarrassing, insulting, uh, all at once. So I'm, I've got to think about this. I'm going to give you a little advice that I give my middle schoolers. Um, you may have given this advice at some point in your life, but I tell them as much as possible that their entire lives are more embarrassing than anything they could ever do in class and to just get over it. I love it. <laughs> Fair. I don't understand your, uh, why you're hesitant to do well because like i can do the arnold accent okay. right because it's just a cartoon essentially is what i'm doing there yep but if i start doing like this british accent and start morphing into australian while i'm doing it because that's gonna happen it's not gonna it's not gonna be consistent i think that's the you best know? part yeah okay yeah, all, right. It is. all right i'll put it out there yep. we'll do um, it. i am not known for my accents so I will probably just revert to like uh, Jason Statham because that's <laughs> all my British people. Right. You got, you got to have the, the Cockney accent. That's the only one yeah. I can do. Yeah. So everything will be thing. said in this, in this accent. If you yeah, are ended up outlining like Foffer and the Grey Mouser kind of. So that's just what's going to be. Right. But we have international appeal, right? Like people from various countries, isn't this? Someone who, who actually has that accent is going to be like, oh, my God. It'd be like, you know, if I hear someone doing exactly. their Canadian accent, they're yes. like, all right, hey, let's go in a yeah. boat and then drink some maple syrup and just really give her, man. Come well, on. interestingly, it's going to be distracting. Most uh, unsword and sorcery accent yeah. that I can think of. That's the setting. <laughs> it's uh, it's Canadian sword and sorcery. Yeah. With uh, everyone's a lumberjack. <laughs> Axe is the only weapon. With uh, uh, sure Logan's sorry, characters yeah. from New Mexico or Nebraska, Nebraska originally, but you know, yeah, yeah. I've learned all of my New Mexico information from Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. It sounds like a nightmare down there. <laughs> to be fair, those are mostly documentaries. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh yeah. no, it's a lot like that oof so yeah we're gonna we're gonna give it a go um i'm kind of afraid to do it live honestly i kind of thought that it would be easier to record it and then put it out so uh I are won't... we committing are we committing to live i mean is that a good idea i don't know it's, we... prob it's probably yeah. not a good idea if i roll a one f-bombs are gonna pop right out of my mouth <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> or i'm not uh. So, so yeah, so we'll have a bit to look forward to next time. What do we? Uh, is that is that all for our grab bag? Um, that is all the comments. I kind of bunched a couple together because some people were very similar in idea. Um, Zach Reynolds just posted it or like asked an interesting question, um, which is probably weird to end on. But he asked, "Is Call of the Wild Howardian?" 
is Buck the Dog more Howard than the Sumerian? And it's been a long time since I've read Call of the Wild, but my kids are supposed to be reading that um, for their language arts class. So, uh, yeah. That just blew my mind. No, I've, I actually think the, uh, I think the Chromecast we're talking about definitely Jack London. Yeah. Jack London uh-huh. has some very sword and sorcery type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think that's, that's totally off base. It's, uh, I mean, God, it's been a long time. I don't even know if I've read that or it was read to me when I was a kid. What always boggles uh, my mind is that call of the wild is my least favorite of his works, but it is the most popular. Yeah. Well, is it because that's that, dog? Is it because it's accessible? The CGI dog in the new movie? Yeah, with like, Indiana Jones. Because dogs don't exist, right? Where would you get one otherwise? Yeah, I mean... CG it. Same place you get Wookiees. <laughs> Ka- Kashyyyk? Yeah, Kashyyyk. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, I, I am pretty sure that R.E.H. did read Jack London. I'm pretty sure that was in his, his library. Um, and Zach is right that it has a lot of civilization versus barbarism themes, um, which is probably what fundamentally shaped Howard in some way. So, mm-hmm. God, that's a Cromcrack cast question. I was this totally is- gonna say that. I was like, this is you can't expect quality answers from us on that. <laughs> want, like some, some footnotes. Like, what do, we, what do you think we are here? This, we're, this is Beastmaster territory. <laughs> Death, hey, this is Deathstalker. Zach Reynolds loves Beastmaster too. He's the one that commented Beastmaster. Yeah, yeah. So sorry, this is hey. de- we're even lower. We're Deathstalker. This is the Death well, Stalker VHS you got for free somewhere. <laughs> in a McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. Who left this VHS at my house? I don't even have a VHS player anymore. Uh, Death Stalker. <laughs> but yes, no, no, now that you say it, Zach, I totally agree and I totally see it. I totally see it. Oh, lovely. Yeah, yeah. yeah and someone brought up the, the Barbarians movie earlier. Uh, oh, yeah, Dupree. The He's actually a friend of mine. Yeah. Um, Dupree did the artwork for my story in the Rogues in the House. Oh yeah, it was um, a good piece anthology. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. The Barbarians. I'm pretty. Didn't I could have swore I saw that one of the brothers died. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. Recently. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he did. I, I I haven't seen it, but I've watched the trailer a few times because it's funny, and they all remind me of a buffed up Charlie Sheen. <laughs> <laughs> The fact that he died recently puts us in a very uncomfortable position when we're casting our Expendables movie, though. Mm. Yeah. See, our Expendables of Sword and Sorcery, because, like, do we have a single brother? Do we get, like, a Tupac oh, yeah. hologram for the other brother? Or do he just we... just plays both parts. Yeah. Do we do, like, a... Do we superimpose? I don't know what we do here, guys. Yeah, no, we do, like, the Luke and Leia CGI stuff. Yeah. We, we, have, the, we have the funding and the technology for this. Oh, definitely. And I mean, if if you want a blockbuster, it's the Expendables of Sword and Sorcery films. Yep. R-rated. Like. Of course. It's going to be huge. Yep. And right now, so many movies are filming because of this pandemic mm-hmm. <laughs> that it'll be no problem to get this off the ground. <laughs> you know who we didn't list in our cast for that movie? Kevin mm-hmm. Sorbo and Lucy Lawless. I'll let him in. Kevin Sorbo played Cole. Like, you can't not. Yeah, I'll let him in. Why not? Cole is an enjoyable film if you forget that it's Cole the Conqueror. I, I like Kevin Sorbo quite a bit, so yeah. I'm good. I'm good doing that. And, and I'll bring Lucy Lawless in. Yep. 
I would definitely bring Lucy Lawless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Wait. Lucy Lawless is amazing. Have we ever talked about Spartacus on this show, the television no, show? No, but we should do an episode on that because I love that show. Oh my god, let's uh, do an episode on that. Now I got to watch. I some love TV. that show. Spartacus is really good. Um, sometimes it's a little over the top with the uh, aesthetic of 300. Oh which yeah, which already it, was over the top, but yeah. it's good. It goes. It's really it good. leans. It leans right into it, and it is like the definition of gratuitous at certain parts, yeah. but it has such a charm. And like, anyways. Uh, we should, yeah, Alex, you gotta yeah. watch. I, I need a Hollywood producer voice saying something to the effect of, "Let's take a uh, three hundred over the top and take that over the top." That's yeah, what, that's no, what I want to hear. It is, yeah. <laughs> and actually, what I would say about Spartacus, if you are gonna watch it, is that the first episode kind of sucks. Yeah, it, I can it, see that. It, it kind of does compared to like what it like it it slowly just gets more awesome. But the first episode really does have that sort of stink of 300 imitator. Yeah. And then once mm. you just sort of get invested into it, it I don't know. It, it's a great show, man. You should watch it. My cool. favorite episode is like, I don't know, three or four into the first season where uh, Spartacus like goes into like the pits. Yeah, know? man. Yeah. It's yeah, like exactly. this un- unauthorized gladiator combat. Like, yeah. Like the mall and Shadazar. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's and so then, right. And there's a guy, he fights a dude who's wearing another guy's face. Yeah. Yeah. And it is super violent. And then like the episode after that, he's fighting like, uh, what's his name? Uh, oh, I can't remember. Anyways. I'm in gladiator battle. I'm yeah. in. Yeah. You, I think it's on Netflix. I think it so was. too, actually. Yeah. It was. Yeah. At the very least it was. I'll, I'll ah, check. Dude, please watch it, that. I think it still is. Cool. So. That's an episode. Is it, it? It's not still running, right? No, no, no. no it the was actually first like guy a, died of cancer, which is really sad. The second is, yeah. season is a prequel season without him because he was in the hospital and then then died. And they yeah, they were like hoping he would recover. Um, and then they they did a prequel season, which was actually awesome as well. But it they, is. It is they so had really to, good. Yeah, they had to recast him. He was just a young guy. Like actually, just total tragedy. It sucks. Yeah. Yeah. And on that note, (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to end on that note, guys. (laughs) Uh, Where's our WWF references when you need them? Right. (laughs) (laughs) What you going to do, brother? Yeah, no, let's, uh, I don't know. Let's go back into the RPG piece because I'm I'm excited about that. I think people will have some fun with that. Um, Yeah, it's going to be fun. It should be a good time. It's going to be, I think, What's our setting, right? Sort of generic RPG. Hashtag rogues world. Yeah, it's right. It's our, it's our own setting that we're building. That's right. Uh, the city or one of the cities in rogues world is mentioned in one of Alex's poems, I guess. Uh, yeah. In our yeah, LG. Actually. So. Oh, he's, he's laying some groundwork. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Alex really is the foundation that ties us together. I feel like I just show up and gab. Uh, nope. You, I, I am is... not, but thank you. That's nice of you. You yeah. are the wellspring from which we flow. <laughs> yep. Contemplate this on the tree of woe. <laughs> I made you this. <laughs> oh, hang on. Alex, that rhymed before Logan ruined it. Sorry, I ruined it. I ruined a lot of things. It's fine. <laughs> I that. Yes, the, uh, the James Earl Jones rhyming poem of Thulsa Doom. Right. Who's coming back for uh, this, this uh, sequel? to the two Conan movies. James yeah. Earl Jones is voicing Thulsa Doom. Mm-hmm. 
but we're getting a sweet CGI skull face. Yeah. Right. He's fine with this, man. He did it with Darth Vader. Like this yep. is not, he's mm-hmm. not going to be bothered by this. He's mm-hmm. going to love it. Do we now for the, uh, the full wrap up here, do we bring in, is this just an eighties, uh, casting or do we bring in other Conan characters from no. other Conan I think, movies? I mean, we spitballed ah. with like putting Dave Batista. Yeah. In a movie. Well, we did. Um, right. I mean, yeah. I feel like Batista would have been awesome as a haggard old King Conan. Yeah, yeah, he would be. He'd be perfect for that. But I like uh, Dick Batista. He's a good guy. Um, yeah, and he does a good job with uh, Drax and Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. He did a fine job on the beginning of Blade Runner twenty whatever the number twenty forty nine. Yeah, oh, man, I like that movie. Let's talk That's about a that good movie. Oh, Surprisingly can. good follow up to Blade Runner. Yeah, loved it. I loved it, man. Yeah, it's great. That's what we should end on. Blade Runner. <laughs> for as sort of sorcery as you can get. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Let's not drag it out, though. No, yeah. let's not. So uh, next time is going to be an RPG session, very likely, and very likely live. So Unless we change our mind. Unless yeah. we change our mind, which we might do. We do that. Yeah. All right. Well, let's call it here, gentlemen. All right. Who wants to say so it? You say mm-hmm. it. All right. Well, thank you, everyone. I think actually it's pretty cool. We've had a pretty uh, consistent audience tonight, so that's kind of fun. Uh, We will get this up on uh, the interwebs as soon as we can in terms of uh, podcast downloads for the rest of you who have not heard this. Um, Next time around, like uh, Matt said, hopefully it'll be a RPG session. You'll introduce uh, some new characters into your life, so that'll be pretty cool. Uh, Stay safe. Again, this is still pretty crazy times, so hopefully everyone is doing well. Um, and may your swords always remain sharp.